Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. For those of you who do not know, uh, I am Pastor Lindsay Seals. I'm one of the part of this great team of leaders that we have in this church. You ought to give God praise for that. Yeah. Because they are pretty amazing. And, um, you know, for those of you who may not know that uh, every, every year in May, our pastors who are now 32 years in, uh, in the 25th year anniversary, we, we made it. We asked them. We beckoned them. We implored them to take some time off every year. And so for the next several weeks or next few weeks of the end of this month, uh, our pastors are vacating, they are resting, they are getting refreshed. And I think it's really awesome that we have a team and a vision that continues to move forward. Amen. That we continue to, to take ground and there's momentum in the house and they are just really, uh, I'm just grateful for them. And then also, you know, it's kind of funny because Pastor Richard last week, you could tell he was at the end. So he came in, he blew it up. He dropped the mic and he threw up the deuces. He's like, I'm out, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he brought it, he brought it hard. <laughs> so he was done and he moved on. I was like, okay, now I got to follow that this week. Um, but it was awesome. And then, you know, it's always to me, I'm so grateful for those of you who might have been around here for a little while. You know a little bit that my mom is such a central figure in my life. She's a big part of my story, uh, raised by a single mom my whole life. And, um, you know, it's just amazing to have the type of heritage that I've been blessed with. Um, I called her just a couple days ago and had a chance to just talk to her a little bit about just where she's at. And I said, Mom, can you, can you just tell me some of the most significant moments that you remember as far as your time and your relationship with God? And it was so cool because, again, if you know the story, uh, she doesn't remember everything, a lot of stuff that's just gone now. Um, but as soon as she started talking about her relationship with God, it's like she came alive. And she remembered, and she remembered the specific details of the day she got saved. And she said, yeah, you know, I was in an old Baptist church, and I was sitting on the Marner's bench. And I'm like, what's the Marner's bench? She said, I was sitting on the Marner's bench. And she said that they have this bench that they would have down in the front. Anybody know about that? I wasn't familiar with it. I didn't come from Baptist church, but she said there was a, a bench that they sat down in the front, and then anybody who wanted to receive God, they would have you come down there. And she said, I got on my knees, and I began to, to pray to God, and she said, she said, and I don't know what type of church you are, you believe in, or you have right now, she said, but our church believes in speaking in tongues. <laughs> and so she said, and I got on that bench, and she said, and then I fell out, and I don't remember anything, but she said, I woke up, and I was speaking in tongues. And I was like, you go ahead, mama, preach for me, you know? So it was, it, was, it was awesome just to hear the story, and she got it all in one dose. She got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the baptism of speaking in tongues all at the same time, you know? And, and you know the cool thing about that is she remembered it. I can't stress that enough. The significance of what God did in her life, no devil, no principality, no power, no disease, no Alzheimer's, no dementia can take away what God did in her heart. 
That's awesome. It's awesome. So I listened and I talked about and got to enjoy the heritage of faith that I've been a part of. And, you know, then I started thinking about just kind of where we are as a church. And um, I've got the next couple of weeks. So today what I'm going to try to do is set the pace for where I'm headed. I'm excited about today, but I'm actually really, really excited about next week. Because uh, we're going to talk about some stuff that I know is happening in the atmosphere and the spirit. But before we do that, let's just pray real quick one more time. Father, we thank you. We sense your presence here today. You are so faithful. You're so good to us. When we were worshiping you, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that the spirit of God was in this place. And that you let us come in and encounter you and touch your heart and then be changed by what you do in us. And Lord, every single time, my tongue is yours. My thoughts are yours. I'm just a vessel, but I ask you, Lord, to use me and to let these words penetrate the hearts of those who hear. And I ask you to open up this atmosphere even further that the word of God might be implanted in their hearts. The unchangeable word of God. Lord, maybe somebody in this room or watching has never had the same monumental experience that my mother had some 50 plus years ago. That she remembers as vividly to this day as she did the day it happened. I ask you, Lord God, to be that type of God to this church and to these people. Let us know that we've encountered the living God, the incomparable God, the unfailing God, the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we'll be careful to give you the praise. Come on, if you believe that, somebody say amen. Go ahead and put your hands together for him too. Yeah. I love him. And, you know, I was, I was thinking about um, you know, the reality is when we start living and we have these moments and I want to talk about this, but I said, again, I'll, I'll cover a lot of this next week. But it's interesting because a lot of times in our lives, we have what I call heightened reality moments. And what I mean by that is in our lives, we can't get away from times where we have graduations or you have marriages or you have funerals. You can't get away from the Easter's and the Christmases and the, you know, the different days that we celebrate. And so today we're so glad that we get to celebrate mamas. I love the fact that I could sing that boys to men song. But I also understand that the concept of heightened reality moments is not everybody has the same story that I do. And I don't have it twisted that everybody in this room had a great experience with your mother. I'm not... I'm not naive enough to think that some of you in moments like this, if I can be honest with you, and sometimes there are different seasons of my life where you have these heightened reality moments where I literally dread them. I dread sometimes, you know, because it brings back maybe a memory of a lost one or maybe there's something that you went through or maybe you're having tension with your mom or maybe. So I just want you to know that we don't want to exclude and have this hallmark picture view of what today is. Come on. I mean, we're celebrating and thankful for you. But at the end of the day, I also know that God wants us to have a freedom and a clarity and a healed heart. You know, uh, being this transparent with you, sometimes when Father's Day comes around for me, boy, that is a tough day. That's a tough day. And I have to, sometimes I grit and bear through it. And I got great people around me who love me. And many times they'll give me cards and, you know, celebrate and stuff. But for me, I have to choose I have to choose the joy of the Lord in those moments. 
And I want to make sure that this moment, that if you're in this room and you're choosing the joy of the Lord on this Mother's Day because your experience wasn't like the Hallmark movie, then we want to cover you. And we want to know that you're not missed. And you're not lost. And you're, if you are a female who doesn't have a child, for whatever various reasons, you're not somehow less than on this Mother's Day. Come on. Come on, come on. Let them know that. So these are the types of things that I love that the word of God lets us be secure about and lets us know the truth of what it is that he's saying and doing. So as we move into this concept, today, uh, the title of my message, if you are a note taker, the title of my message is Spot the Lie. (laughs) Spot the Lie is the name of the message and we're going to start in psalms chapter 119 and multimedia team god bless you um but i'm gonna be all over the place in these notes so so just try to ride with me i'll do the best i can uh but i want to be instant in season so psalm 19 verse uh 9 in the king james version says how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word With my whole heart, somebody say my whole heart. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's one of my lifeline verses. And I've used that from the time I started ministry before, from the time I really became a believer. Somebody showed me that verse that said, how can a young man cleanse his way? Uh, first of all, I still claim the young man part. Secondly, uh, <laughs> secondly, I know that the word of God, it never fails and never returns void. And then there's also Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 in the Amplified Bible. It says it this way. For the word of God is living and active and it's full of power. I love that translation. And it makes it operative, energizing, and effective. And his word is sharper than any two-edged sword, and it penetrates as far as the division of the soul from the spirit. Somebody say, spot the lie. Now, when you are talking about this concept, this verse is one of the greatest tools that we can use. Because his word penetrates as far as the division of the soul and the spirit, the completeness of a person, of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Now, again, I'm just going to set you up a little bit this week, but what I realized, I was listening to a podcast, and there was an author that said he plays a game with his children. I thought this was one of the coolest things I've ever heard. He said from the time that they were little kids, first of all, he raised them in church so they knew the Bible, and he, he made sure that they were hiding the word of God in their heart, And so they had this whole foundation of the word of God. But he said, I play this game with my kids. And if I'm watching television or if we're maybe in a scenario, maybe we're at a a sporting game or, you know, a sporting event or something like that. He said, I play a game with my kids called spot the lie. And he said, what it is, is it's not them being critical or judgmental. It's them going back on the discernment that has been placed in their hearts. I thought it was so good. He says, so they'll watch a commercial, 
and something that pops up. Come on, we know that when we see commercials, all kinds of crazy stuff pops up. Yesterday, I was in the middle of studying. I had a worship song going. I had it on YouTube. And then in the middle of YouTube, in my worship moment, there's this crazy commercial that pops up. And I'm like, wow, just to try to shift your atmosphere. But he said he taught them that when you are in an environment, whether it's in school, whether it's you're watching TV, whether you're around your friends, he said it's not about you being judgmental and critical, but he said I want to, I want to teach you to discern the lie. Isn't that good? I mean, like in every part of our life, like when we're, when we're listening to something or we're watching a show or, or we're reading an article or we're, we're dealing with relationships and stuff, I thought, what a great principle. Spot the lie. And how can you spot the lie? Because you've got the word of God hidden in your heart. I know what the truth of the word says. So if everybody's doing it, your kids might come to you and say, every, but, but mom and dad, every, all my friends are doing it. Everybody around me is doing it. No, but what's the word of God say about it? Because no matter what they're saying or doing or deciding or which, whatever direction they're walking, I love the fact that the foundation of the word of God is solid. It is unwavering. It's unchanging. What he said Millennia ago is still true today. The same principles when they were traveling by horse and carriage and donkey and on foot. The same principles as when we are flying to other countries, atmospheres, nations, and, and planets. The same word of God is true. I love that principle. And so I started thinking about the power of Something called, has anybody ever heard of the word euphemism? You know what that is? Euphemism by definition is a mild or indirect word or expression that's substituted for one that is considered to be harsh or blunt when referring to something unpleasant or embarrassing. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. A euphemism is a mild or indirect word or expression that is substituted for one considered to be too harsh or blunt when you're referring to something that's unpleasant or embarrassing, or maybe let's just put it this way, when you're referring to something that is challenging to you. There's always ways to work around the truth by using euphemisms. Euphemisms. Let me give you a couple of examples. The car isn't used. It's certified pre-owned. <laughs> Doesn't that sound so much better? I'm not getting a used car. I got a certified pre-owned car. Now, who knows who certified it and who pre-owned it? God bless you. My first car, well, that's the whole side. I won't go into that. But um, <laughs> Another one. Uh, this is a, we've heard this a lot. She's not sick. She's just under the weather, right? Here's one. Uh, he's not a liar. He's just creative with the truth. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Uh, here's one. Uh, they're not in a real relationship. Uh, they're just friends with benefits. <laughs> Ever heard that? Oh, come on. You acting all holy. Y'all know you heard that before. <laughs> friends with benefits. And so... I found myself in the middle of a euphemism um, very recently, and I'm very particular 
about my business, right? Because we live in a bit of a fishbowl and our lives are on display and we try to do the best we can and to carry and to cover and to hold and to be consistent and faithful with who God's made us to be. Um, but I have a very significant thing that happened to me recently and I'm careful about how much I share, but I felt like this was the moment to let you know um, that I very recently uh, entered into the adoption arena. Pretty wild, right? Yeah, and it was really cool when I prayed and asked God, you know, what he wanted me to do and if I was capable of handling and covering. And I felt like this was a season where God said, yeah, you can handle it. And, uh, and so I'm, I've got you, I've got your back, I've got you covered and you're going to be okay. And uh, anybody want to see a picture of my adoption? Yeah. Put, her, put her up. Everybody meet Nutana. Her name is Nutana. Isn't she beautiful? Her name is Nutana. And Nutana is Zimbabwean for vigorous, full of life, energy, a life-giving earth. Y'all are messed up right now, aren't you? <laughs> They're like, oh my God, is this really happening? <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, so, so Nutana... <laughs> Nutana was a challenge for me, and I was all excited about it because I'm excited. I'm decorating this house, and it's really cool, and I've always had these fake plants everywhere. Everybody know, you know the fake trees, and they just collect dust, and they're in the corner and the whole thing. So I said, I'm going to venture out, man, and I'm going to get my own live plant. Nutana, my girl. So I woke up early one Saturday morning. I had never been there before. I went down to the fleet, not the flea market, but the, the market downtown 25th. I guess it's called the, what's it called? The, yeah, the market, farmer's market, whatever. So I walked over and I'm like, hey, is there anybody, does anybody here sell plants? And this wonderful lady helped me. She walked me over to the, this, this spot and there was this beautiful nursery and this whole thing that was there. And the lady comes up to me and she's like, oh, what can I do to help you? And she was all nice and sweet. And I said, hey, I'm looking for something. I need something about yay big. I'm looking for it to fill up a corner. I'm new to this whole thing. I, you know, I've never had it before. I don't necessarily have a green thumb. Years ago, I had a plant that, that, that everybody affectionately named Lazarus. <laughs> Lazarus. Because <laughs> he kept dying and coming back in you know, that whole deal. Um, I said, but I'm, I'm trying it. I want to I give it a go. And she, bless her heart, you know what's coming, right? She, bless her heart, used a, a euphemism on me. And she said, oh, she's not going to be difficult. She'll just need a little love and attention. I said, okay, great. So I left. I'm excited. She's like, oh, you're going to be able to take care of her. She's no problem. Just give her a little love and attention. So I get home. And I'm giving her love and attention. I'm waking up every day saying, hey, Natty. I call her Natty instead of, instead of Nutana, short for National Chancellor. Never mind. That's the whole thing. So her name is Natty. Hey, Natty. I got her right in a nice corner so she has the indirect sunlight. Not too much light, not too little. I got a nice, cool watering plant. I went, I went and bought this whole fertilizer on Amazon that said, this is for these fica leaf plants, the fiddle leaf, whatever they're called. I took care. I did the best I could. But here's where I didn't understand 
the difference between the full truth and a partial truth. And I want to bring this home to you because one of the first things that the enemy has done to us from the beginning of time is he likes to mix the lie with a little bit of truth. It's deceptive. It's tricky. It's been one of his strategies from the beginning of time. So I didn't know. I knew that she needed water. I knew that she needed sunlight. What they didn't tell me is you got to put her in a plant holder that can drain some of the extra stuff or she put up picture number two. She's going to start looking like this. Number two. So notice, I've gotten a new holder. I got the drainer thing. And I'm finding that through this process, every day she's looking like she's struggling a little bit more. And I'm praying and I'm calling people and I'm Googling stuff and trying to figure out what am I doing wrong with this darn plant. And nobody tells me what's going on, so I'm trying to figure it out. And then once I figured it out, I took too long to make the change, so then she becomes who she is now. Put her up if you would. Why y'all laughing at my girl, man? Now I'm gonna have to break break words off of Natty. Come on, y'all. So this is Natty. And I I did the best I could, but I didn't have the full information I needed in order for her to be successful. I hadn't hidden the word of truth about this plant, and I will finish with this. The last photo is this. So these are the leaves sitting on 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 my table or or, uh, counter. And if you look, I wish I had my pointer. I'm going to get it second service. But if you look right around the bottom of picture, the last one, what you'll notice is I tried to do my own surgery on her. So I took scissors and I thought I was pretty good in arts and crafts in school. So I took my scissors and I tried to trim her up thinking that she's going to live. And I didn't realize that you can't cut the middle of a leaf of a plant. So that's who she, that's what was happening to her. So I had to make all these revisions. What does this have to do with you? You can take Natty off because they were making fun of you. I'm sorry, Natty. God bless you. (laughs) What's this have to do with you? God said, hide the word of truth in in your heart. He said, make sure that in these perilous, crazy times that we're living in, you let the absolute truth of the word guide you in the decisions that you make. I don't have a lot of time left, but I want to show you really quickly in Genesis chapter 3 why this is so significant for you and even today especially. Genesis chapter, actually let's start in chapter, yeah, chapter 3, verse 1. And it says, the serpent was clever. He was more clever than any wild animal that God had made. And the serpent, if you notice, spoke to the woman first. And he said, do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, not at all. We can eat 
from the trees in the garden. Now, what you need to see is she gave him the amount of truth that she understood. She spoke to him and gave him the amount of truth that had been given to her from her husband who was supposed to cover her and tend to her and make sure that she was getting the word of the Lord. So her initial response to Satan wasn't a lie. She said, let me read it again. Um, Do I understand that God told you not to eat from the tree of the garden? Verse 3 says, the woman said to the serpent, not at all. That's not what God said. He said, he said that we can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. Then the serpent comes in with his euphemism, with his deception, with his truth mixed with the lie. And he comes in and he says in verse four or five, the serpent told the woman, ah, you won't die. Eh, why are you making such a big deal out of it? Just let your kids go. Ah, just let them hang. I mean, what's, what's, what's the big deal? Are you, why are you being so uptight about stuff? Eh, it's not that big. It, it's really not that big of an issue. Why, why, why are you making such, it's not. Here's what he does. He sticks that deception in. And he gets you to believe a lie. And then he lets every commercial you see and every conversation you have and your, I don't want to even get into the politics of all the stuff, but all those things, this was a strategy that was started from the beginning of time. Do y'all understand (laughs) that the enemy's job was to take your spiritual parents, basically Adam and Eve, the Bible says we all descended from them which I actually have questions about that because I don't know how it got me and you at the same time, but whatever. I'll ask that question. Anybody ever thought about that? (laughs) That's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. How am I your brother and your brother and you got... Okay, so anyway, so Adam and Eve, (laughs) um, the first thing that the enemy was trying to do was to deceive them. So you read on, it says the serpent told the woman, you won't die God knows that the moment that you eat from that tree, you're going to see what's really going on and you're going to be just like God. You're going to know everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. Verse 6 says, when the woman saw that the tree looked good, so now her absolute conviction starts to waver a little bit. I mean, 10%? Whew. That's a lot. I mean, God, I mean, wouldn't God be happy with like 8.5%? I mean, church, I mean, making that a part of my priority, my life, my sketch, I mean, eh, is it that big a deal, God? Eh, They're talking about all these things that are becoming normal and it's part of the curriculum in our kids' school. Eh, it's not that big a deal. So he goes on and you find that slowly but surely, The enemy is wearing down her conviction of truth. Do y'all see this? He's slowly but surely badgering her from every side saying, ah, it's not that big a deal. And you start getting weary from it. Verse 7, I'll read 6 again. When the woman saw that the tree looked like good and eating, she realized that what she'd get out of it. She knew everything. 
So she took and she ate the fruit and she gave some to her husband and he ate and immediately the two of them did see what's really going on. I don't have time to get into all that today, but they saw themselves naked. They saw themselves in a way that they weren't necessarily supposed to see as, as evil, but their eyes had been opened. The, they sewed fig leaves together, makeshift clothes for themselves. When they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees and they hid from God. And God called to the man and he said, where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden. This is what Adam's saying now. And I was afraid because I had let my truth waver. I'd let my convictions of what I knew to be right and wrong, I let it waver. I let the moments that I feel tired or weary from doing the right thing, I let it waver. And can I tell you that as a pastor, listen, we're not counselors. We don't have, none of us are officially licensed to do it. So, you know, more times than not, what we can tell you is that we want to make sure that we get you to the right people, the right resources, but we're going to give you biblical information, right? So if you come asking us anything about finances, marriage, relationships, health, whatever else we can do, we're going to give you the best wisdom that we have. But do you know one of the hardest things for me as a leader is to sit on the other side of the table and realize that someone found themselves in this spot where they saw what they shouldn't have seen? Or they found themselves in a place where, unfortunately, those moments where your conviction about who God's called you to be or what you're supposed to be. Because here's the thing, man. While you're in sin... Don't let nobody lie to you. Sin is fun for a season. <laughs> Can I be that honest? It's like, oh, sin's terrible. No, it's not. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it feels good. Sometimes it satisfies the flesh. Sometimes it's freeing. Sometimes it feels like, you know, I'll, 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 I'll work on what I need to fix after the fact. I mean, don't, so don't, don't let somebody tell you that some of the things you're walking in doesn't feel good. But on the other side of it, there's always this moment. And my heart breaks for it. And, and I found this interesting on Mother's Day. That the enemy came to the woman. I found it interesting. Because what I can tell you definitively. That 99 0.99% of the time, if I have to choose between a man's judgment and a woman's discernment, I'm going with the woman. <laughs> it's just true. And all the husbands said, dang, they didn't say amen. <laughs> wow. God bless y'all. When you get your butt in trouble, don't, don't look at me. <laughs> Usually it's the wife that's got discernment, man. And she's hearing through stuff and seeing stuff and sensing something like, babe, maybe that's not the right, no. And so he comes to Eve in the very beginning of time because that discerner, that person that has the ability to influence the decisions that are made in households and in families and people's lives he wanted her to bite on this spirit in this atmosphere of deception. And I thought, man, how sneaky and 
dirty as the enemy. And he's been playing the same card for millennia. Over and over and over again. His job is to get us to, if he can get you, and I have a quote in here, I'm trying to find it. Oh, here's this. It says that Satan's first attack was leveled against the word of God. And it says, if he could make Eve confused about what God said, come on. If he could make her confused about what God said or doubt what God had said, then the battle had already been partially won. And it says here, from the beginning, Satan has tried to undermine God's people by undermining God's word. He can undermine, he can undermine just as effectively by getting us to neglect God's word as by getting us to just doubt it. And gosh, man, it's tricky right now. It's tricky. As a pastor, I'm trying to read through stuff and make sure that the word that we're bringing to you is relevant and something you can take home and use tomorrow. And then you look through the news and you got this whole thing that's happening in the courts right now with Roe versus Wade, all of that. That's tricky, man. Then you got stuff going on with different government things and stuff that's happening in schools and different initiatives that they're trying to put into your schools and into your children, and it's tricky. It's tricky. Has anybody ever been in this spot where you go to, like, the voting polls and you read through something and it's like literally reading a different language? Because they want to fill up a lot of times this a bill will sound like oh well of course I'm for this 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 and this but it's truth that's mixed with a lie anybody ever been in that spot like more times than not now before I go and vote on at any level I try to get a, a pre-sheet so I can I can look up the candidates I can look up what's going on I know exactly what's happening and I am so not political so we are not going that route but I just want to say do you see how that's the truth mixed with a lie that's the enemy trying to Make us, to me, I see it over and over again where we get less and less sensitized to God's word and his truth and then it's easier for him to slip that stuff in there. Did God really say Eve? Eh, eh, not that big a deal. But I found that in this season of my life, I am so much more intentional I guess is the right word about making sure that the word of God is leading me and I know this is not this ain't a deep revelation today to some of you but can I just remind you that in this crazy DR said it last week he hates that word these uncertain times and these in just the seasons we're in I find myself more times than not shutting off the TV getting rid of some of the articles and just saying God show me the truth Help me to stand with conviction for what it is that I know to be true. You know, here's the tricky part. It's hard. Because sometimes when you're having to make a decision based on a principle, boy, it's tricky. It's tricky. When I'm dealing with teams and people and you're just like, ah. I would so much rather just kind of walk along the gift 
But I understand that it's character and it's the condition of heart and all those things that really matter. And I have to keep coming back to, okay, God, but this is what your word says about us. And this is what you're requiring of us as, as people who worship you. And this is what you're looking for us to be as those who are serving you. And I found it interesting that, you know, this whole contrast of trees, and we'll start coming in for landing here, but there were basically two different sets of trees that have directed your life from the beginning of time. And what I mean by that is this. Uh, the two trees we are talking about was, number one, uh, the first tree was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which we talked about in Genesis. But the second tree, that's the most significant tree, was the cross. Two trees. Two different paradigms. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was you making a decision, am I going to be God or am I going to let God be God? This was Eve saying, I want to eat of that fruit because I want to know everything that God knows. And God says, but you'll die if you know everything that I know. You can't handle it. You can't handle it. You can't hang on to that type of stuff. But the other tree was the tree that Jesus made a decision to sacrifice his life on. It was the tree, the cross of Calvary. He chose in that moment to take on your burdens and your debts and your heaviness and your weariness. And I want to say it again. Next week, because I've been studying for the last week and a half, and there's so much. I did it maybe four years ago. I realized that the month of May is called Mental Health Awareness Month. Some of you may not know that. And I've been looking at article after article and pastors and all these people, and they're talking about just the, the spiked level of number of people who are dealing with depression and suicide and anxiety and the, the, the amounts of people who are spending their hard-earned money going to counselors and, and telling their woes and all the stuff, and we are not anti any of that. But I found that the Word of God has answers for it. Yeah, and I found that the truth of the word of God has the power and the capacity for you to be free in every area of your life, including your mind. Say amen. And if you got anybody in your family, your kids, your boss, maybe it's you. If you are dealing with mental health stuff, I'm telling you, I've got a word for you that I feel like it's from heaven. We're going to minister to you, but what I see here is that we have to have the truth of God hidden in our hearts. And I'm a very practical person. And sometimes I literally will sit on that front row and I'm thinking, dang, I, I just walked in this room. I kind of get outside my own body and I'll just look up at whoever's preaching, whether it's Pastor Richard or Gail or PCH or TK or whoever else or myself or a guest speaker. And I sit there and thinking, I'm sitting here listening to somebody else talk to me. <laughs> for 45 minutes or whatever it is. And then I realize in those moments that what God is allowing me to do every time you are sitting here looking at me, looking at you, looking at me, listening to the word, you are letting God hide the word deeper in your heart. Every time you are getting the word, we believe that hopefully is from heaven for you so that you can have the word of God because faith comes by hearing and then what? 
And then what? And then what? And then hearing. And then after you hear, then you hear. And then after you hear, you hear. Yeah, and you, you hear the word and you hide it in your heart and it becomes, then the principles that you're living by aren't something that somebody can talk you out of. The truth that you know is not something that's negotiable. Come on. It's not negotiable at the table of whatever is the modern, most current thing happening right now. And so, again, this is me exhorting you. This is me saying to you on this fine, awesome Mother's Day. The enemy came for mamas in the very beginning. He came to try to get you to be deceived. But I'll finish with this last scripture, and it's in uh, Galatians chapter 3. And this is where I'll pick up next week. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13 says this, Christ redeemed us from the self-defeating, cursed life. Say amen. amen. He redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself on that tree. That's the cross. He says, do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? Uh-oh, I lost my place. Everyone who hangs on a tree that is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse, and at the same time, he dissolved the curse. And now, because of that, the air is clear. And we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews too, which means us. And we are all able to receive God's life, his spirit, in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received it. You ought to give God praise for that because the Bible says, it says that you are cleared because of the word of God. You are cleared because he paid a price for you. And I'm going I'm to finish on time, so I'm done right now. But I do want to do something because I felt like uh, as we were starting this word this morning, you can go ahead and start that track for me, but... Um, I felt like what I started off today saying, there are some of you I know in this room that Mother's Day solicits some type of feeling in you. And Mother's Day itself, as beautiful and awesome and blessed as it should be and is, and thank God for you mamas, there are some of you that it triggers a place that is painful. I know it. So we're going to bow our heads if we could. Bow your heads. And close those eyes. And just real quickly, if that's you, in a day like today where we celebrate, we're going to take pictures at the end, it's going to be awesome and beautiful. If that's you, that that thing this day triggers something that tries to make you not feel like your best self, I want you to raise your hand because I'm going to pray for you. I see you. I see you, I see you, wow. I see you all over the place. I want you to know that you've not been forgotten. Maybe you lost your mother, maybe you have a bad relationship, maybe you wanted to be a mom and haven't become one. Whatever that means to you. Father, I just pray that the healing balm of Gilead would be upon them. I pray that you would touch every single person that feels away during this time and this season. And I thank you that we don't look past them in all of the celebration. We pray for them. We cover them. 
And I ask you, Lord God, that whatever needs to turn and however you want to shift the scenario for them, I thank you that you'll do it on their behalf. And Lord, we love you today. And we thank you that you are the spirit of truth. And that when you were, when you died on that tree, you took the curse of depression, of loneliness, of heaviness, of mental instability, of fear, of lack, of doubt, and on and on down the list. And so we thank you for the sacrifice that you chose to make for us. And we bless you today. And before we finish real quick, just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed real quickly. Hey, maybe you're in the room and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never had a moment where you could just experience his presence and his grace and and just fall in love with him like we are. Oh, I see tears all over the place. God bless you guys. Man. But maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've not asked him into your heart and received him, accepted him. If that's you today, I am not going to labor the point, belabor. I just want to ask you real quick, if you want to know him, you want to start a relationship with him, lift up your hands. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Everybody real quick, just say this with me. I see you. Say, Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for hanging on that tree for me. You, you paid the price for my freedom. I ask you now, come into my heart, change my life, and help me to live all my days for you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you got something, put your hands together. Ushers, come. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. Thank you.